This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. When you need the news, the latest up-to-date happenings in the world of hard rock and classic metal, well, you know where to turn. The one place that's going to give it to you the way you want it. That's right, the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend, Chris Sinzak. How's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm um, good. It's a, it's, it's a chilly day today, but we're, we're getting knee-deep into winter, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, happy to be back and do another episode. I don't know about knee deep. The sun's shining. I can still see the lawn outside. It's still cold as shit. There though. are people out there that are knee deep this week. That's true. So at yeah. least we ain't got that. Yeah, that's true. It's just cold. What we do have is the last couple of weeks, there's been a whole lot of big news stories yeah. in the world of rock and roll. And so we like to do new noise because really it's kind of like what we'd be talking about before the show anyway. Right. Oh, did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. Oh, did you hear what so-and-so said? Right. Oh, man, can you believe what you, what I read about this guy? You know, And this is the kind of stuff we just BS about. So that's why new noise is a lot of fun for us. Yeah, a lot to touch on. Some uh, happy news, some definite sad yeah. news. And we'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I always like doing these and uh, got a lot to talk about today. Awesome. But before we get to all that, here's something that's not new news. We need reviews. Well, I'm a poet. I didn't even know it. Oh and we've got some this week, and they're sweet and awesome. we got two of them. We like to get them from the Apple Podcast reviews. We like to get those Facebook recommendations, and we like Podchaser reviews. We'll take them any way you got them, and we got some good ones right here. First one's an Apple Podcast review. One, two, three, four, five stars. Oh, yeah. This one's entitled, These Guys Bring It Every Week. If you like hard rock and heavy metal, this is the podcast for you. These guys bring it every week. Quality interviews, discussions, and music all in one place. The audio quality is excellent, and they are true professionals. Had no idea. They always seem to get a KISS reference in somewhere along the way, which is always a good thing. I've been listening since the beginning, and it's one of my favorite podcasts. It's like hanging out with your buds and talking music. Download it and give it a listen. And that comes from KissFan1969 on Apple. So, right on. He thank was you with us much. from the very beginning, and somehow we tricked him into believing we are true professionals. I know, yeah. If you've been here from the beginning, you surely know that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for the nice review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to kind of you know embellish on the reviews a little bit because you know it's for other people wanting to check out the show. Yeah, yeah, wink. These guys are true professionals. Yeah, we've had we've had very good luck with our reviews, so keep them coming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be luck. Yeah. All right, here's one. Oh, nice. It's a Facebook recommendation. Comes to us from another longtime friend, Todd Cunningham. Love Man. that guy. Yeah, me too. He's awesome. Always shares the episodes. Always comments on the Facebook page. Man, Todd's a cool dude. This is what he says about us on the Facebook. Great podcast and great dudes. I've learned so much from them. I've also got to know about some great new and old bands. 
And that's what it's all about. Very nice. That's what it's Thank all you, about. Thank you, Todd. And yeah, Todd's been with us pretty much since the beginning, yeah. too. Yeah, it's amazing. For sure. Man, the longtime friendships we've made over this just yeah. still to this day blows my mind. Yeah, it's wild to, to still see names sharing every episode just, you know, that go back, you know, almost nine years now. Yeah, so, remember yeah. high five and over 50 listeners? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought we were the shit. <laughs> We were. And we, we were. were. <laughs> Man, some people like to skip over this beginning part, you yeah. know, but it's always a lot of fun for us, and it's always a great way just for us to say thank you to everybody that does these things for us. You yeah, know, we're not asking for money or nothing. No, we you just know? we love getting the support. Yeah, and we dig it. That's the reason we keep doing it, because we know other people are digging it, too. And the other thing we've liked to do for all these years is do Geeks of the Week, the people that share on Facebook and retweet on Twitter the previous week's episodes, which would be, this is going to be for two weeks of episodes because we were really short on recording time the last week. So this is going to be the people that shared and retweeted the Best of 2019 and the Album Anticipation episodes. So I've got a lot of names wow, to read man. off here. Did you bring your inhaler with you? I should have. Um, <laughs> and uh, Some of these would be repeated for both weeks, so I didn't try to add them twice, but gotcha. still a lot of names. Process. So. Nice. Geeks of the Week this week are Simon Cat, Mike Grabowski, Rock and Ron, Runyon, Decibel Geek TV, Mercury Arc, Matt Ashcraft, Eric Luzier, Brian Nat, Paul Smith, Destroyer Sr., In Obscuria Podcast, Shay Hargett, James Nicholson, Aaron Baker, The Bakery Podcast, Baco, Brad Schick, Shane Aber, Todd Cunningham, Andrew Jacobs. <gasps> <sighs> Christina Green, Alan Tate, Christopher Stokes, David Cathy, James West, Joseph Capone, Tom Cullen, Jay Shabluski, Kristen Schimbeck, Wayne Cross. Oh, no. <coughs> oh, no. <laughs> we killed him. I'm having a hard time. Brian Knapp, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Adam Cox, Rob Harris, Trevor McDougal, David Glenn, Growing Up Rock Podcast, Scott Crouch, Mike Parnell, Brad Kalmanson, Bill Elam, Brant Cattell, Sean Cullen, Mikhail Burrell, Rodney Dixon, Warren Edward, LaRue Baker. <sighs> <laughs> Paul J. Kane, Michael Bartley, John Phillips, Todd Rogers, Kiss Army, Omaha, Joe Lescon, Mark Alton, Taylor, Freeform, Rock Podcast, Brooke, Chris, 19, Robin the Hood, Eladio, J.J. Mack, Mermels, Vet Halen, Trunk Nation, Chris McGowan, Daniel Lee, Jeff Taylor, Twisted Kister, Andrew McNeese, and as always, the, the Mooger Fooger. Wow, took my breath away. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you match your uh, Chiefs hat. I do? Uh-huh. Yeah, I probably do. Red in the face. Uh, as always, thank you for everybody sharing last week and the week before's episode. If you guys want to become Geeks of the Week and you don't know how to do it, that's how. You get out there, you share this week's episode. Next week, you're a Geek of the Week, just like that. Hey, I want to give a shout-out real quick. There's a lot of really good podcasts that share our episodes that get listed all the time. I've been listening to Kevin Williams' In Obscuria podcast. Yeah, it's really good. And man, have I been digging it. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Yeah, i I got to keep my CD want list close Yeah, because he's playing such obscure stuff that I find myself adding bands and CDs to my yeah. list all the time. Yeah, great never, show. Never heard of this band. Now i got to check them out. Yep, good he's stuff. taking to it like a duck to water. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we can just get right to the news then, right? Yep, we can uh, talk. This over the stuff that's been over the last couple of weeks that's kind of piqued our interest that we'd like to talk about. Well, I know the first one, top of the list for sure. The biggest news story of 2020 so far, in my mm. opinion. Yeah, Neil Pert passed away. Man, that sucks. I didn't even know he was sick. I, that's pretty much the prevailing logic over most people is uh, he was really private. So, yeah. you know, they, and I'd kind of try to match up timelines because there's a lot of people are like oh you know they they called it quits in 2015 that must have been when he got diagnosed but actually it wasn't he got diagnosed in 2016 but he from what i've read because you know there's like much more hardcore rush fans than us right that know everything sure uh he was getting really bad carpal tunnel towards the end of his time drumming and just decided that you know his his skills are diminishing and he you know he doesn't want to go out like certain other people will talk about today where they stay at the party too long when they can't do what they used to do. Right. So hats off to him for that. But uh yeah, nobody I don't think very many people knew he was sick with something like this. So um Rush put out the statement it is with broken hearts and the deepest sadness that we must share the terrible news that on Tuesday, our friend, soul brother, and bandmate of over 45 years, Neil, lost his incredibly three-and-a-half-year battle with brain cancer. Three-and-a-half years wow. he was fighting this. Um, yeah, this one hit me harder than I expected it to. Um, I'm not a Rush fan on the level of Kiss, Alice Cooper, Thin Lizzy, or anything like that, but but I, over the last decade, I've gotten much more into them. And uh, 
wife and I saw got to see them live finally on the Clockwork Angels tour. And it's just seeing them live kind of helps drive it home on how amazing that band was and how amazing of a musician he was. And one of the best music documentaries is uh, Rush Beyond the Lighted Stage. You can watch that on um, Netflix for free. And I think it's funny how documentaries, at least for me, can tend to humanize a band more and you will get will pique your interest more definitely and then you oh, check yeah. out the music yeah because you get to see them as people and that documentary really goes in depth with the band's history and also their personal lives and most people probably know that um years back i think it's like his daughter died in a car accident and then his wife died i think of cancer and he had to come back from that and like he stopped drumming he went on a motorcycle ride around the country just to try to get his head back in the right place. And he can't even imagine. Yeah. And he overcame that or I I guess you never overcome it, but you, he learned how to cope with it. I don't know how anyone can do that. Um, but you know, he's, and he's a misunderstood guy. Um, you know, because he's viewed as he was viewed as like a sourpuss, didn't want to mingle with the fans and stuff like that. And he says in the documentary, he's like, it's more of me being shy. Um, than being mean he said it's he's like i just don't view my you know he's like having somebody tell me i'm the greatest just makes me uncomfortable yeah i can imagine that could be true you know if you're a truly humble person and i mean it's hard to argue that he's not the greatest of all time you know so i'm sure greatest rock drummer ever over and over and over people are coming up going you're the best drummer ever you know that's got to be weird and he probably was but he just He's one of those artists where he would have been happy just, you know, being a middling musician as long as he could play drums and, oh, yeah. and make make a living at it. But he didn't care about stardom at all. He See, really didn't. Here's the other thing I'm always going to remember about Neil, and it's not just his drumming, but I, obviously that's the forefront. I mean, there's been so many awesome tributes yeah. and awesome things that rock stars and so many people, different walks of life have said, yeah. you know, about how he's been an impact on their life. And as a drummer, most definitely, mm-hmm. hard to argue, the greatest drummer of all time. But what people forget is what an awesome songwriter the guy yeah. was and what a cool lyricist oh, he was, the, too. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's on a different level for yeah. writing lyrics. I, yeah. I remember Getty in the documentary was like, you know, not always easy to, to sing that many words in, <laughs> in some of these songs, but but I really appreciated them. Yeah, stuff um, that makes you think, makes you wonder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, very thought-provoking lyrics and the song, and this is not, you know, when they get into like Bitor and the Snow Dog and and all yeah. that, that that gets a little that gets a little off the track for me, right? But the, I think his crowning achievement lyrically, as far as something I could relate to, was the song Subdivisions. Great lyrics in that song because it's you know and you know and I I don't know about you, but like I was never the most popular kid in school. I was more of an outcast, more yeah. of a. I was I never wrote I never really hung with the cool kids. I was always a little bit and I was real quiet, introverted, so my circle was really small. And that song is basically about being shunned by the popular kids in high school and what it does to you and how you have to exist in that bubble until you get out of high school. And it's written in such a way that anyone can get it. Right. You know. That's cool. That song um had a big impact on me because uh, it was like wow you don't feel quite as alone and i i get the feeling maybe neil was coming from that same place when he was growing up because he was viewed as kind of a weird kid from what i've what i've read and that would go to explain why he isn't so social yeah. later in life yeah it was an antisocial person his whole life yeah. i think um even getty and alex when they first got out of bed, like, this guy's weird, but he can play drums really well. Yeah, well <laughs> so, and, and if it's those guys saying it, that I really know. means something. Yeah, <laughs> when Getty and Alex are the cool kids, it's, it's you know, you know you're a little odd. But uh, but no, I'm, I'm, we're just kidding. But I mean, it, but man, I, and in Rush is one of those bands that it's just, it, I think it took until the end of their career to finally start getting the you know, the do they deserve. Absolutely. You know, you know but survived all them years. Yeah. And one of the most well-regarded bands out there you know if somebody says they're a rush fan they're not like a half-ass rush fan they're all yeah. in on them and uh you know and i think clockwork angels is their best work that's their last yeah. album to me um i know every, and they've had, they're like kiss they have so many different facets of you know music that they've yeah. done that you can kind of take and pick and choose what you like some people love oh, the yeah. power windows era with all the keyboards and 
other people like 2112 and yeah, 2112 you know, and Caress of Steel. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, we both also love the John Rutzi era, the first yeah. album. But they, you know, they've, you talk about a band with an amazing career, you know, Neil really left his mark, but, uh, but I just think it's one of those things where I kind of got more into learning about him as a person over from that documentary and seeing him live. And, and it just, when it got announced, it like, it fucking hit me like a ton of bricks, man. I was just like, I literally teared up. I was like, this is, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, you know, it's sad. And usually with celebrity S, I don't get like that. I'm like, Oh, that's really, that's a shame. And that's, right. that sucks. But, but this is an awesome rock. This star. time it really got to me. Like I felt like I had lost somebody I actually knew, even though I never met the man. You know. Well, you know, and that's the cool thing about rock music. It really, truly lives forever. You know, through shows like the Decibel Geek Podcast, through albums that you can buy and order yourself. You know, Neil Peart never truly dies because twenty years from now, there's yeah. going to be some kid that discovers an old Rush album somewhere, yeah. hears it on his whatever they're listening to music on in the future. And they're going to hear that and be totally inspired by it. Yeah. One of my, I, I saw a group, and you know, it was a sad day when we found out. But at the end of the day, uh, there was a tweet that somebody had shared, and I saw it. It's from somebody, I can't remember who, but it was, it gave me a nice little laugh at the end of the day. It said, um, I, something like, I have to wonder if he's somewhere chuckling, knowing that there's 10,000 bands playing live tonight trying to figure out an easy rush song. <laughs> No, we can't play that one. He wasn't yeah. on that song. Yeah. That was the first drummer. And Tony Higby, you know, who plays in um, Kiefer's band. Yeah. He had a great Facebook status where he said something like, I'm waiting for the inevitable news that a cover band played Working Man as a tribute to Neil Peart. Right. And the ensuing yeah. humiliation that they're going to get on the internet. Yep, most definitely. <laughs> but yeah, rest in peace, Neil Peart. Uh, Oh, and if you want to hear a really cool tribute, I've, I just got started on it last night because it just came out. But uh, as of this recording, uh, Rock and Metal Combat podcast did it's like a three hour plus um, tribute talk about Neil Peart and Rush. Nice. So yeah, check that out for sure. Cool. I definitely will. It's more than just dick jokes and mom jokes this time. It's actual tribute to Neil Peart. That's cool. We love that. Love Looking Ian and forward Ralph. to that. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know, I mean, it, I hate it. yeah, it's a uh, it's a bummer, and you know, it's going to be sad when Getty or Alex goes too. I just we're losing our heroes at an alarming yeah, rate, left people. and right. You know, in the last couple of years, I mean, geez, yeah. we're all getting older, I guess. Yeah, you know, is, is this what happens when you start getting older? All your heroes start kicking off. Well, and also death anniversaries around the same week of Neil Pert was uh, Phil Linet and uh, David Bowie. Yeah, all lost around the same week in that in January. So, yeah, we're all... Cherish them while you got them. We're all getting older. All right. So, uh, ready to go on to the next one? Sure. Get the the depressing part out. We can have some laughs from here on. Speaking of laughs, Glenn Danzig has an Elvis covers album coming out in April. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was a joke headline. I thought it was a joke headline, but it's kind of funny that that it's actually happening. Well, I know back in the day he had that Thrall Demon Sweat Live EP. Yeah. And he did a cover of Elvis's song Trouble. Right. Which is one of Elvis's more rocking songs as far as Elvis goes. And they were able to take that and add them distorted guitars and it sounded like a cool hard rock song. Yeah. So I wonder, I mean, I can't imagine Danzig's gonna be doing, you know, Teddy Bear or, you know, some of them other kind of goofy, poppy Elvis songs. So he's gotta be finding like deeper cut songs that could possibly be turned into a heavy metal song. Well, let's look at the story a little bit. My um, crew did it with Jailhouse Rock, and that was cool. That was okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, whatever well, cool Elvis covers do you know of? Uh, I can't really think. Of I any want else. you. She's so heavy by Hailstorm. That's the Beatles. That's the beat. I'm thinking of the Beatles. I was just reading a thing about Helter Skelter. That's I'm off. Uh, Elvis covers that are uh, there's not, not a many. lot of them. No. Yeah, none that I can really think of off the top of my head, other than that Danzig song. So apparently he's cornered the market. Well, he said um, it's called Danzig sings Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out in April. It's it's already made for like a Vegas residency. Yeah, that's the title of that. Well, it's, it's here we go. It says in. 2018, Danzig told Full Metal Jackie's syndicated radio show that he wanted to play a few intimate shows in support of Danzig Sings Elvis. Every time I have downtime or if I was working on soundtrack stuff, I would just record another Elvis track or two. 
So what started out as an EP, I now have more than enough for a full album. I have extra songs that won't even make it on the record, so I'm really going to have to sit down and pick the songs that I really want on the record. But it came out really good. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. A lot of people ask me about it all the time while I'm on the road, so it'll be nice to get it out and do some of those little intimate shows I was talking about. That's pretty cool. Like I said, as long as he picked the right ones, found the right ones, I guess, and yeah. rock them out and they like mentioned, he did with that other song. Yeah, they mentioned his previously covered Trouble, and um, he also recorded a version of Let Yourself Go for Skeletons in 2015. Oh, I don't know that one. He said, Elvis probably do if I heard it. That album's terrible. I remember we both we both gave it like a cursory listen when it came out, and we both didn't like it. Um, says, no, I'm talking about the Elvis song. Well, I know, but that album though, oh, okay. it's on that album. Yeah, says Elvis is actually how I got into music. When I was a kid, I was cutting school, pretending I was sick, and I would lie at home watching old old movies. And Jailhouse Rock came on, and Elvis. I was like, I want to do this. This is great. That's You'd never know that by listening to Danzig, would you? No, I always thought, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he was always little metal Elvis. Yeah. Little so, muscular I mean, I, metal Elvis. But it's one of those things where people have always said, oh, Danzig should do an Elvis album, and now he's actually doing right. it. Right. I suppose, yeah, he's probably heard it a million times. You should do more of them Elvis songs. That Trouble one was really cool. Yeah. I'll, I mean, it's probably like there's really not a lot of Elvis songs that lend themselves to metal. Remember that one that it was like it was a cover that they put out of Elvis of a it was like an Elvis release a uh, little more conversation that's a kind of a yeah, or a little less be, conversation yeah, yeah that'd be a good one like they did a dance version of it or something yeah. but I always thought that could benefit with like heavy guitars on it heavier side of Elvis oh boy <laughs> the Beatles one was a push I don't know if I want to do an Elvis one I, yeah. I, I'm really not a fan of Elvis never was. Gotta respect him. I respect him, but I don't listen to him. No. Uh-uh. All right. So uh, going on to uh, another legendary artist, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, recently put out a collaboration with Elton John. It's the title <sighs> track from his next album. Remember back not too long ago when I was talking about the Ozzy article that came out that said he was on his deathbed? Yeah. And I saw it, and I hoped it was fake news, and it turned out it was. Yeah. This one I saw, that he was doing a song with Elton John. And I hoped it was fake news, and it turned out it was real. There's some good Elton John stuff. Not this. This song isn't one of them. Not but, this. Um, it's one of those. It's one of those great ideas, bad execution deals. Because I think it would have been. It could have been cool if the, Elton John was playing electric guitar. No, a BC Rich. Well, this is where we we're divided because because <laughs> there's a there's a good number of Elton John songs that I like. See, Elton John's a guy that you could take and make a heavy metal covers album for. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Vince Neil's cover of Bitches Back is amazing. Oh, yeah, totally. I yeah. love that. I mean, but, but I mean, you, you have to like some Elton John stuff, right? I like it when guys do hard rock versions of his songs. You don't like Tiny Dancer? Or... I mean, it's, yeah, it's Tiny Dancer, all right. Wow. I mean, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. Well written. I can't, you know. I Candle can't... in the Wind, you don't think that's a good song? I mean. <sighs> Saturday Night's All Right for Fight? Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting's good. I like that. Mark Slaughter did a cool cover of that on one of them tribute albums. Right now, diehard Elton John's fans' heads are exploding. I don't like Elton John, but I like the Mark Slaughter cover of it. <laughs> it's the truth. I, I like I like the Mark Slaughter cover, too. Why can't we like both? But, um, no, I I think this could have been cool. Well, I, I'm a ballads guy. I like poppy ballads, and... It's not exactly the worst written song, but it doesn't. It's just both both singers' voices are well past their prime, and I don't. I thought Elton was going to sound way better than Ozzy on this, but honestly, they both sound pretty bad. Yeah, I just I saw it and I was like, oh god, no, no, you know what is this? This is a bad idea. It feels but like I, a clickbait song. Basically. As I listened to it and didn't like it, yeah. It made me appreciate Under the Graveyard all that much more. Oh, yeah. I think the other two songs that have been released are, are much better than this. But what dawned on me listening to it was clearly Ozzy Osbourne's a fan of Elton John. Oh, sure. You know, fellow countryman, probably somebody he met when he was very young and looked up to, somebody who was already there as Sabbath was coming up. You know those two had to have right around the same. They came up kind of around the same yeah, time. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, he was obviously somebody you respected. He probably had the opportunity to do it and said, you know, I ain't going to get any well, younger. Well, you know, if I get a chance to do a song with Elton John, I'm going to do it. Or Sharon just said, this is newsworthy. You guys need to do a song together. Well, Ozzy wouldn't say no to it just because it's his hero. So, well, and Ozzy know, never says maybe, no to Sharon anyway. It's why he's still out there. <laughs> Sorry, but he's incredibly whipped. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. But he wouldn't be alive today for the last exactly. 30 years without her either. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I know about that. Saw it, seen it, 
I guess I understand it, but that doesn't mean I like it. Yeah, it's I did. I wasn't impressed. His boy, his voice is so processed on it. That's the one thing, even on the other songs that I like, that I hate. Yeah, is it's it, so auto tuned. It's Ozzy Bot. Yeah, I don't like that. I'd yeah. rather have. Just give it to me the way it is. Yeah. You know, I know it's not perfect, but it's rock and roll. Who cares? When did rock and roll have to become perfect? This album produced by Russia because it's loaded with bots. Mm. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. Hopefully the rest of the album kicks ass. Yeah, I mean, as I said before, I I'm excited to hear the whole thing. Yeah, so I want to make a judge. I won't make a full don't judgment. Don't pass judgment then. on Ozzy yet. He's yeah. earned our patience and I would respect. Think so. Yeah, enough to give him a chance. Yeah, as long as, just don't go back to reality TV, please. No more songs with Elton John either. <laughs> All right. So the next story: Motley Crue's Vince Neil is killing it while working with trainers and nutritionists in preparation for the stadium tour. I'm glad to hear that. Me too. I'm glad to hear that because, you know, a lot of people gave Vince Neil a lot of shit in 2019. Raising uh, my hand. And a lot of it was kind of asked for. You know, when you come out on stage looking like that, you got to expect people are going to say something. So if Vince Neil's killing it and getting himself back into shape, I say, awesome. Come back and show everybody that talks shit about you in 2019. Come back as a well-oiled machine. Really kick its ass this time. Well, for people paying minimum of $250 for this tour, he, yeah. he damn well should be in shape and do well on this because they deserve that. I know. A good friend of mine called me the other day and was like, hey, one of the perks of having season tickets for the Titans is that you get pre-sale on everything else that goes on there. And he has sent me a picture of the... Uh, of the Motley Crue Def Leppard thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, how much are tickets? I'm thinking, well, maybe he gets a deal or something. Yeah. 90 bucks for way, 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 way up there. Which is 250 after fees. Right. Well, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, well, it was over 100. Good Lord. And I, it, I didn't have this on our docket, but uh, Tuck Smith just got added as the opening, opening band. Um, Tuck was the singer for the Biters. Okay. Know? Yeah. And he's got a new project now and, I believe they're signed to Motley's management company, so they they got the opening slot. But I mean, essentially, they'll be playing while people are parking, right? But yeah. uh, but still, a good break for those guys. Um, we've hashed this tour over and over again. But yeah, just you know, I mean, who I've seen these bands in better days. I don't need to see them again. It, yeah, but the thing is, the price. Yeah, the price is ridiculous for normal people. For Motley Crue fans, yeah. you know, we're not all billionaires. Yeah, so. And they're, I mean, they're bragging about all these sellouts, but they're not sellouts. It's the resellers that are buying right. all the tickets. Is this going to be known as the great pre-sale crash of 2020? Is like, is this what puts scalpers out of business forever? No, never. Like they take such a hit on this. That well, they, it would, yeah, it would take a lot of people not it buying. Sinks them. them all. I guess we'll see. So the bots buy up all the tickets, and then come time to you know make more money on them. They lose big. Well, it's like a stock market crash for scalpers. Nostalgia's a gold mine these days. People I mean, want yeah. to relive their youth. I'd like to go see it. I wouldn't mind going. I really yeah. wouldn't. But I'm not paying ninety bucks. But there's to a lot of people that at will. The top of the stadium. Another, but I think I still think the shows will be well attended because there's a giant marketing push behind it. You know, like uh, you know, this is Live Nation's putting this together. So, and they're booking it. They're basically promoting it like they did the Guns N' Roses Stadium tour. Yeah. But I don't, at the same time, though, this is not as unique as that. You no. know, uh-huh. Motley's only been gone for what five years. That's different than Slash, Axel, and Duff getting back together after what, like thirty? Right. That was a way bigger. That was deal. more of a unique situation. So I think they're banking on the amount of having this many artists together for selling those. But well, we'll get the Def Leppard fans. We'll get the Poison fans. We'll get the Motley Crue fans. Yeah. We'll get, yeah. If you. Got- but aside from Motley Crue, who has who's been out of the game for five years, the rest of these bands tour all the time, and you can see them way cheaper. Well, Poison really hasn't. I mean, well, not maybe lot. not so much Poison, but at least every two to three years they yeah. do a tour. It seems like. So, and they just did an extensive tour with Cheap Trick. They played every right. shed in America, basically. So I don't know that there's really the draw that they think there's going to be. We'll find out. Depends on how many people want to want to buy those reseller tickets. I guess we'll see. And how do they make money off it? If they paid, let's say they pay two hundred bucks for a ticket. Who the resellers? Yeah, when it's first on yeah, sale, and they sell it for four hundred. I just don't see. You sell enough of those, you make up for the dogs. 
Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll, they'll still make money and they work with Ticketmaster. There's, it's shady as shit. I'm telling you, it's going to be the great bot crash of 2020. It's going to go down in history. I'd love to see the bubble burst on this shit because it's, it's one of those things where like the last, the last money these artists are making is on tour and they're, they're killing themselves with the way this is going. And killing the fans. Yeah. For those well, of us who you turn, can't, you, le- legitimately, people that can't afford to go to their concerts, even though they may be the biggest Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison fans in the entire world. Well, it's you're basically turning your investors against you. Yeah. You know, and if people are like, well, fuck it, I'm not going to go. People remember that shit, you know? It's Def Leppard, my favorite band, can't afford to go see them. That sucks. You know, bad impression. I'm going to trim out that little bit of audio where you just said Def Leppard is your favorite band. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and I'm going to send it to Cobras and Fire and let them let them play Don't it. Don't you dare. Let them play it and then put your laugh at the end Don't of it. Don't you dare. <laughs> All right. So enough about Motley Crue. Um, you know, but best of luck to Vince. It would be nice to see yeah. him get his act together. I hope he does. Yeah. I hope he comes and sticks it in everybody's face. I love a comeback story. Yeah, for sure. I'm still skeptical, but we'll see. Well, he knows what he's got to do. Yeah. All right. He's going to come back and everyone's going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. Here's something that uh, it's a little sad, but I don't think we're surprised. David Lee Ross said in an interview that Eddie Van Halen, quote, is not doing well. I've been hearing that from all different places for a while now. And he didn't elaborate on that. He just said Ed's not doing well. So um, I. How does that mean well enough to live, well enough to Perform, perform, you know, that's that can be taken so many different ways because it's so vague. I don't, I don't have a good feeling about it. I really don't. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we lose him in the next year. I I just, I think the cancer is worse than people are letting on. I just, and I know there's certain sites that are blowing it up and exaggerating things, you know, like he's on his deathbed, just like the Aussie thing, right? But, uh, but I mean, it's been confirmed that he's been going for, you know, treatments on his tongue again and, you know, it's one of those things where cancer, he, a lot of cancer usually starts coming back chronically. That's not a good sign. And in the last well, few pictures, a little piece of you every time. Yeah. I'm sure. So, um, I'm not trying to start a rumor or anything. I just, this is just my gut instinct is I don't think he's doing well. I think they would have been hearing more. all this for a while now yeah. from all different sources, all different guesstimators, I suppose, you know, and you know, it kind of takes you back to the Ozzy thing where Ozzy's had to have gone into this last album with the feeling of this may very well be my last, you know, I really got to do something special with this, you know, and then you look at a guy like Eddie Van Halen, maybe he's not able to, you know, obviously Van Halen split up, but that means that his last legacy would be the last Van Halen album that came out. And I was just listening back to that a week or so ago, a different kind of truth. I guess the live one technically, but well, no, I'm talking studio albums. And I think it's a damn good album. You oh, it's know, a great way to go it's out. It's really a yeah. great way to go out. If that's the final one, yeah. I'm glad that was it. When did a different t- kind of truth come out? When? How long ago was that? It's been a while. Was that I know 2010, that. maybe? Was, I think that was before our podcast. I'm pretty sure. Right around the same time, I think, as Decibel Geek started. Somewhere around yeah. that time. So it's been a long time. It's like I, That's another thing. I think if his health had been holding up, there probably may have been more material being made. Um, I would have liked that. Because I like that album, and I like to see what they could have done had they kept going. I tell you what, I'm, and this is, I'm certain I don't want him to leave anytime soon. But I'm wondering if it's going to be a situation like it, like it's been with Prince when he does go, that whoever has his estate is going to start really releasing stuff from the vault, because you know he's got a yeah. massive amount of material in his yeah, vault. Yeah, because it's his studio. Yeah, you know everything they recorded was in his studio, yeah. so you know. That there's a ton of stuff. Like, they could release more Van Halen albums purely from probably what he's got in his vault. Wow. I still don't look forward to the day. No, I don't either. I'm just, but I'm just saying, he's, he was such a perfectionist that there's yeah. there's probably amazing stuff sitting on reel-to-reels that has never been heard by anybody. That's going to be wild someday when we're, you know, in our 90s, that there's going to be all this stuff that was released vault style mm-hmm. over the years. There's going to be more of that as you, as it goes. As, you know, the legends all pass away. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked, you know. 
I don't know who – I wonder who – and that's another good question. I'm guessing Wolfie would probably inherit most of that stuff. I would sure think so. Yeah. And being that he's – like there wouldn't have been a last few Van Halen tours if it wasn't for Wolfie being part of the band. True. I, I, I'm convinced of that. You don't think they'd have done it at all? No. 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 Not especially with Mike. What is the problem with Mike and the Van Halen brothers? I never really – Mike's friend – Mike basically sided with Sammy. With Sammy. Yeah. And so that's what's yep. kept him out all It's along. guilt by association. Wow. Which isn't fair to Michael Anthony. Which, when you really look into the story, there really isn't, you know, a whole lot to be mad at Sammy about in that situation with him leaving Van Halen. The, it's a lot of it's just all the trash talk. I mean, that's yeah. it. I think it's one of those things. And Eddie Van Halen and Alex, to an extent, hold grudges. Like they don't forget shit. And well, I guess. I mean, that's been proven over the years. If you can give up your grudges against David Lee Roth and work with him again, you should be able to give up your grudges for just about anything. There was a massive payday behind giving up the Roth grudge, I'm sure. And I'm sure they did. They still probably didn't like working with him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced. I don't. I'm sure. The, you want to see something super awkward? I don't know if you saw that because, like, you know, I, I did a deep dive into Van Halen all over again when when A Different Kind of Truth came out, yeah. like on YouTube. I looked for anything. And there was, um, I don't think the record company put this out or something, but they, it was like a black and white new interview where David Lee Roth interviews the brothers. Oh, wow. And it's basically like 30 minutes of watching the brothers squirm as David Lee Roth asks them questions and brings up stories that they don't want brought back up again. And you can tell they just don't like each other. Like I think Oil and water. I Always think, have been. I think Roth likes being around them, but I don't think the feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> I am most fun when I hang out with you guys. Yeah, yeah sure, Dave. Yeah, well, this is great, man. But, well, just... I, you could just if watch that interview on YouTube, you'll laugh your ass because you're like, God, out. they're they're just squirming the whole time. Like, can this be over <laughs> soon, please? Like, we did the album with you. Do we have to sit in a room with you any longer? Right, right. But, um, it's like, hey, hey, remember that time that I, I did California Girls as a solo song when I was still in the band Van yeah, Halen? Yeah, we love that, Dave. Yeah, that was fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, wasn't it? All right, yeah. <laughs> but uh. But, you know, it was that combustibility that made it a great band, though. I mean, sometimes, the, a lot of yin and yang. You sometimes know? you need that. Yeah, the the friction added, the added to really, great material. All the really seem to have it. You yeah. know, the, the best bands. Sometimes sometimes anger can be a great driving force creatively. Or competition or everything else. You know, you want to contribute more than the other guy. So in that quest to yep. outdo the it's other one upping each other come up with some amazing shit i was, I was listening to pat francis's rock solid podcast they this is years ago they did um like a van halen discography discussion and it was mostly about the new album at the time is when it came out right. and mike schmidt not the baseball player but he's a comedian in la came on and he's a massive van halen fan and he's like one of, he's like one of us where he He'll like read stuff into things that aren't really there just for his own, you know, fantasy. And they're talking about different things. And um, he's like talking about favorite solos and he's talking about the solo for Mean Street. So, you know, when it's got the the little talking part in the middle of it or, you know, that turns the hunter into hunted or whatever. Like, oh, Lord, strike that poor boy down. And he's like, because he's like, when you listen to Eddie break into that solo, he sounds fucking pissed off. And he's like, his fantasy was that that. That Eddie hated Dave's speaking part in the middle of the song, and it's his way of just going off on the guitar <laughs> in aggression. It's like because it's one of the angriest like, sounding guitar solos of all time. It's like Van Halen fan fiction. I know. I, I know. <laughs> I laughed so hard when when I heard that, but I was like, "It's probably true." That's the funniest part. Possibly. <laughs> it's like I hate this motherfucker. Let me start playing. But uh, I don't know. They're, the Van Halen's one of the great dramas of rock and roll history. Yeah. You know. And I noticed we we seem to like bands that have the drama because they all have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But like some of our favorites always have a lot of behind the scenes shit going on. Yeah. Van Halen is probably close to the top of that list. I guess that's why we care about them so much. We're worried about yeah. their well-being and their mental health. But uh, and their physical health. So 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 let's segue from that into uh, some other sad news. <laughs> David Lee Roth recently started his Las Vegas residency. Um, oh man. And the results at least for the first night were not good overall. We were talking about this not too long ago when the video came out of the rehearsal and I was all Hey, don't worry about Dave. This is just practice. He's coming back when the real deal happens. That's when you know. That's when the magic will really be. This is just rehearsal. Don't sweat it. Mm-hmm. Diamond Dave's got it under control. 
and then this. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. Ye of too much faith. Yeah. Um not good. Uh but then again, is it really surprising? I mean, his voice hasn't been great in a long time. But I think the thing to kind of look at here is this isn't the songs are great. The songs are what's important here. You know, they're amazing songs and it's kind of a novelty to see Dave out doing these songs, and I think especially his solo stuff. Because he's been playing Van Halen songs for all these past years that they've been doing it. It's the most recent thing he's done is Van Halen. So you haven't really had the chance to hear the David Lee Roth solo stuff. And that's cool. And the novelty of it is you're not going to see Dave pull off this awesome, you know, 1989 performance. Yeah. You're just going because they're awesome songs and it's Dave and it's kind of cool, I guess. Let me. I don't know. <laughs> Let me preface this with. I don't hate anyone who goes and sees David Lee Roth perform. Same as with Kiss. Yeah, I went and saw Kiss because I wanted to see what the show looked like and mostly hang out with my friends. So I get it. Some people view it as a night out to have beer and hang out with friends. They don't take it nearly as seriously as we right. do. With that said, if you perform at this level, that's a problem. I mean, because these are people that paid good money to see you perform. Right. Man. And... We talked about Neil Peart earlier in the show. You know, he had carpal tunnel setting in, and he knew it was time to get off the stage because he couldn't do what he used to do. David Lee Roth, there's no way David Lee Roth is hurting for money. The man has got to have more money than even his grandchildren can spend. Yeah. This has to just be a purely an ego thing where he can't let it go. He, It's all he knows. He has to perform. Then isn't it for the love of the performing? Isn't it for the love of the music? Isn't it for the love of the fans? I get it. But at the same time, it I this is the disconnect though. Is I don't if I'm him and I see myself sounding like that, like I don't know how you can be like that's fine. I'll go back out tomorrow and do it again. I just to me, I would be like, man, I really don't have it anymore. I got to stop. Yeah, I guess you don't really think about that perspective. Like as I'm watching it, you know, it's like, oh man, not great. But when he's watching it. Does he think that's you good? Know the next day, he's got to be watching that video. How does Dave feel when he's watching that video? Is he going sweet? You know, yeah. How, I'm I don't. Back, how can you justify thinking that's good? Or is he going, ooh, I gotta gotta work on some stuff? And that's, but he already had the rehearsal, so all this stuff should have been like he has should have been worked he, out by now. He has to know that that's where his abilities lie. But that's where I don't under. And this is he can do whatever the hell he wants. He's David Lee Roth. But I don't. I to me, if if I'm if I'm him, I don't go on stage. I just don't. I mean, I, I just, I, I would rather as a Van as a Van Halen and David Lee Roth fan, I would rather go watch him do a spoken word performance where he talks about his career and they show old video clips or something, and he talks about okay, what you saw here was blah blah blah. Right. I'd rather hear from him as a person than see him go up on stage caterwauling and trying to do stuff he can't do anymore because I think it just tarnishes his legacy. Right. It's kind of like the instance of you know. Versus, like you said, people just want to go have a few beers, yeah. have a good time, and fine. hear some awesome Van Halen songs, and be able to say the next day you went and seen David Lee Roth. You know, but that's, that's great. But if you are a huge Van Halen fan, yeah. and you've been singing the praises to your nephew all these years, or your son, or your daughter, or whoever, yeah, and the opportunity comes to see David Lee Roth in this state that he's in right now, how he's performing, mm. do you take the kid no. to see him? No. Oh, you show them YouTube videos from the seventies. Yes. Um, yeah, I, and like I think I was talking to somebody recently that I've just kind of come to the acceptance of I will probably go see maybe a quarter of the people that I would normally like to see live because I know that I'm going to get something good out of it. Right. And it just because I don't I don't want to go up there and watch somebody struggle like that. Well, and it's like Kiss and Def Leppard and Motley Crue and anybody that's yeah. out there using tapes nowadays. This is the alternative to it. When you've got somebody and you're on a smaller stage like that and you've got somebody right up in the front row shining that camera right up at you, yeah. picking up your vocals as they're happening right there yeah. within a couple of feet, yeah. It's you You got to be able to sound great in that instance nowadays because – you can't hide it. Used to be, this, yeah. used to be where a band could get up there and just kind of, you know, go through the motions and kind of pull it off, right. you know, because nobody was filming it from a foot away yeah. for the world to see the next day on the YouTube. And there's like people, and this is where I'm gonna, this, this, I'm gonna back up my point because like I, I posted a video recently of 
the first night of David Lee Ross set. And all I said was great googly moogly because it was hard to watch. Yeah. And it, of course, it led to a lot of comments of people, you know, most people backing me up going, wow, that's not good. But then I don't understand this. And some of, some of you listening are my friends that have done this, that are trying to come to Dave's rescue over this. And giving every excuse in the book on why this should be acceptable. He's, I'll tell you exactly he, what it is. What? We love David Lee Roth too much. Well, it's just – but it's just like I don't think Dave is worried about what Chris in Nashville thinks about his performance. No, I'm sure not. He's making shit tons of money. And also when you're – and he he knows better than anyone else. When you're in the public eye, you are you get scrutinized. That's just the way it is. Right. I'm sure he always has. But I, but all these, these people that are like white knighting – for David Lee Roth or, or for the for Paul Stanley that for that matter. And it's just like when did it become when did it get to the point where criticism is not allowed? Now if if you're just straight up bashing somebody, that's one thing. Right. But I'm sorry, but like one person responded on on my thing said, you know, he's sixty five years old, he's doing the best he can. What are you expecting? Pavarotti? David Lee Roth's never been Pavarotti. And I said, there's a long distance between passable and Pavarotti, <laughs> and this isn't even passable. So let's not go to the furthest extreme here. Devotees, but it's just—it's like, come on, man. Anyone saying that, like, but everybody's wanting to cut him a break because they—they love the old Van Halen. They stuff. love David Lee Roth so much. I get that. You know, I'm the same way with Vince Neil. I like Vince Neil, so I'm always going to be the one to say, "Yeah, it's going to be great when he comes back, and he only weighs 150 pounds." You know, but I mean, and fantastic. I don't, and I don't mind people that want to continue to have the rose-colored glasses about it. Fine, enjoy it, but they have to chime in if you ever criticize these people. They, like, hey, man, he's 65 years old, man, yeah, and it's is. like, shut the fuck up. It's Let me have lie. an opinion. It's not a lie. He really is. I just hate that shit. It's like, oh, here comes all the people criticizing Vince Neil, and here comes all the people criticizing David Lee Roth. It's like, and here comes all the people to his defense when he doesn't really well, need it. And that's just like Ozzy or anybody else, you know, in, in, in a certain respect, to a certain degree. I like that. You know, I like that people will come to the defense of the legends, you know, because of the respect they have for them. That's fine. But, but sometimes it's a little delusion. But let's go back a to a time far. before the internet. When we would have these arguments amongst ourselves, oh, yeah. did anyone go, "Hey, man, you can't criticize <laughs> Axl Rose for being an asshole"? No, you just How accept it. You. you might not like it, but you're like, "Yeah, well, fuck you." But it was just, I don't, I, I don't understand this whole thing, like people having to come to their defense, like they're their knight in shining armor. I challenge you to a duel, sir, for the honor. Of I'm Axl sorry, Rose, but a bad performance is a bad performance. So there's no denying it. The video's there. <laughs> it's just like, I don't, One I don't get it. One foot away from David Lee Roth's mouth, that I, phone was recording. And it's like false equivalency. It's, you know, you know, it's like, well, at least he's out there trying. I'm like, how is that good? <laughs> that doesn't make it good. It's like if David Lee Roth was six years old, that'd be all right. That'd be okay to see. And then, that. you know, I even saw somebody recently like, well, well, Neil Peart just died. At least David Lee Roth's still around to, to perform. And I'm like, what planet are we on? Wow. What planet are we on? Come on. Sure, I'm happy David Lee Roth's still around, but that doesn't mean I want to watch him do that. Let's show some respect for the passing of Neil Peart and give David Lee Roth a break, huh? Exactly. Jeez. Enjoy your time with your family, Dave. Relax. I don't. I just. I don't get it. I'm sorry to go on a rant, but that's just, okay. That's been building up for a while now. I still love you, Dave. Keep practicing. I still brother. love him too, but I'm not going to pay money to see that, especially no. especially opening for Kiss, who's using tapes now. It's like, oh, the worst of both worlds. Pun yeah, intended. I don't want Dave to have to use tapes though either. But that's that. I mean, is that next? I mean, does that at what point? Because Paul Stanley hit that point, yeah. and Joe Elliott hit that point where the decision had to be made. When Paul Stanley had to look at himself in the mirror and go, <laughs> "It's time for tapes." Yeah, his little star child on his shoulder said, "But Paul, you've criticized people for using tapes all these years. What a what a crash of conscience that's that moment must be." And the devil shows up on the other shoulder with cash. Yeah, but um, screw it. But yeah, speaking of Paul Stanley, P A W L Stanley, rest in peace. Yeah, um, came back on Facebook for one day, <laughs> and his last tweet was, "Hey Dave, I know a guy." Yeah, <laughs> didn't take long. Yeah, and then it was gone. Probably got turned in by some David Lee Roth lovers, devotees. Yeah, probably. But uh, all right, so we've we've wasted enough time on that subject. But this is a cool story, and I was happy to see this. Um, a couple of weeks back, Dee Snyder posted kind of a cryptic tweet saying, "Breaking my uh, Stay Hungry era 
outfit out of storage for a good reason. You'll find out soon. And then it turns out it was a, uh, he did like a little 30 second spot to wearing the makeup and the costume again yeah. to, uh, to bring attention to the Australia wildfires that have happened recently oh, and to tell, tell people stuff. to donate to yeah. it. So I, that was really cool on D's part to do that. That is cool and awesome, you know, because you look at that and go, man, that's freaking cool. Yeah. You know, anybody can get up there and be like, you know, they're having a lot of problems in Australia right now. You know, please donate if you can kind of thing. But yeah. D. Schneider took it to a whole new level, you know, made it like, hey, I'm giving you something awesome right here. Look yeah. at me. You know, did you ever think you'd see it again? No, I didn't. I didn't no. You know, so. And he still fits did. into the thing, too. Yeah, I'm sure That's he does. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not just, you know, hey, please hand out. It's look at this. I'm going to give you something really cool yeah. that normally you would have never seen. And now do what you can do to help. Yeah. I, D. Snyder seems just like a solid guy. I mean, I don't think I've heard anything really that negative about him. He seems like a good dude. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, was, I respect I him like a lot. That. And he sings a little bit of We're Not Gonna Take It. You know, nice. it's, a, it's a cool little video. I was like, that's really, that's really, I thought he was going to do it for like a Super Bowl commercial or something. Because that, that was everybody was guessing. Yeah. But this is even better than that. And Oh, yeah. There's a to donate money to to bushfire relief. Um, I'll even, I'll put the link into the show notes on here if you guys want to do that. Because uh, the, like the animal population is down to almost nothing it's terrible. because of these I've fires seen, seen it on the news you know yeah. and, and shout out to all our australian friends you yeah know, i know we've got a few you know we're everybody knows what you're going through there and it's it's terrible you know they're showing it all here and yeah couldn't couldn't feel worse about it for you very sad and uh, like metallica donated half a million dollars and that's um, awesome Elton John donated a million. Well, good. You like him more now? Yeah, I like him more now. Uh, uh, I thought Aaron and I were going to get in a fight over Elton John. (laughs) (laughs) Decibel Geek was fun until it ended because of Elton John. Thanks a lot, uh, Elton John. You wrecked Ozzy, and now you're wrecking the show. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, good on D for doing that. I thought that was really cool. I like that. Very cool. Uh, Recently, um, Michael uh, Michael Schenker Group singer uh, Robin McCauley was in the hospital. Uh, diagnosed with sepsis. I know you just played me that song, Black Swan. Yeah, yeah, his new project. Yeah, it's good. I like what it a, a voice, lot. man. I couldn't believe it. I thought after all these years, what what is you know Robin McCauley yeah. still got a lot. That song is so <laughs> cool. You know, I listened to it when you told me about it. I listened to it when we did the episode, and then I listened to it again yeah. and again, and then started listening to some of the other stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the whole record. Um, so what's sepsis? So let's. Uh, I'll read a little bit about this. Because um, oh, yeah, staph infection. Kind of. Yeah, he was, and he was getting ready to to go on the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise with Michael Schenkerfest. Because, yeah. and that's God, that is such a cool thing. Because I wish it would come to Nashville. Michael Schenker and like all of his singers from MSG. Right, over yeah, the that's years. so cool. How fucking awesome is that? Um, but they were going to perform on that, and uh, he got sick as a dog and got. And they didn't know what it was for a while. Um, but he they, he almost died from what I've heard. Um, sepsis occurs when the body launches an uncontrolled immune response to an infection, triggering widespread inflammation that can lead to organ failure, septic shock, and even death. Damn. As said, the 70,000 tons organizer said, due to unfortunate circumstances, Michael Schinkerfest, Robin McCauley will not be performing due to a medical emergency. I guess that's pretty understandable medical emergency, though. Yeah, and then I, I've i been following his, uh, I think it's his wife's, posts on facebook she's been updating people and they said that the sepsis and then like they said that like the blood infection was e coli oh damn so uh but at least they found out what it was they started treating that and he actually did leave the hospital i think recently and he's they said he was gonna have to do like iv fluids at home but he's he's on the mend oh shit man that e coli ain't no joke but yeah like and i saw a lot of people in the comments saying like oh my brother died from this like a lot of people die from it so he's lucky they caught it really fast you're making chicken at home you better wash them corners real good when you're done yeah you can get sick really fast but yeah man robin mccall yeah because that that black swan album i think is going to be one of the best records of 2020 so i'm uh, i'm excited for that but yeah best wishes for him to get better soon and uh Got one more story I want to go over with you. Um, you got anything you want to talk about? Not that I can think of. I think okay. we've pretty much covered all the, the big, big ones. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, this is an interesting story. That former Judas Priest members K.K. Downing, Les Binks, and Tim Ripper Owens performed a full-length set of Priest classics with David Ellison on bass in Wolverhampton, United Kingdom, last November. Oh wow! And on uh, let's see, second guitar was A.J. Mills of Hostile, a British metal band, and. Uh, their two albums were produced by KK. 
and uh, asked in an interview if he was surprised when he got a call from KK to be part of the event. Les Binks said, I was in Ireland when I got a call from KK asking me to do a one-off show with him, Ripper, and Ellison from Megadeth. Uh, this would be the first time I walked onto a stage with KK since I left Priest. We had limited time for rehearsal as David and Ripper were only arriving for the UK a day or two before the gig, but all went well. We had a blast. The audience was fantastic and excited to see KK back on stage doing what he does best. A great set list that it included material that Priest had never performed live before, like Before the Dawn and two songs from the Ripper era. It's a great night to remember and a lot of fun for us all. As for the possibility of this lineup performing again, Les said, we all really enjoyed performing together, but it was billed as a one-off, so nothing more is planned at this stage. I think Ken would like to perform in some shape or form in the future, but at this stage, it's difficult as everyone has other commitments and it would be hard to get everyone available. Who knows? I guess it's a question of watch this space, but uh, Les Binks played on Stained Class, Hellbent for Leather, and Unleashed in the East. Yeah, I love them albums. So, uh, Damn, what a show, though. I yeah. Mean, I, well, I, one yeah. thing I'm, I'm thinking as I'm hearing that, it brings me thoughts of L.A. Guns and Great Whites and all of them. Yeah. That I hope this isn't the beginning of K.K. Downing's Judas Priest. It kind of it kind of is, is what that is. I mean, right. I don't know if it's going to become a thing, As though. you know, the rule of having two bands at the same time yeah. is that you have to at least have two longtime members in the band. They don't necessarily have to be original members, but they have to be longtime members. In this case, including himself, KK's got three. I'll tell you what, though. I would I'd pay money to see that. I definitely would, too. I think it would be awesome, yeah. especially if Elson plays bass. I mean, that's a pretty great lineup right there. But uh, definitely. I don't know. I, I, you know, Priest is going to go out on their 50th anniversary tour this year. And I mean, couldn't conceivably wouldn't that be the perfect time for KK to pull something like this? I See, what I, I mean, in a perfect world, KK would come back to the band. Yeah. Andy Sneap was great filling in for Glenn, but, you know, Glenn can't really do anything anymore. And if Glenn's going to be gone, bring KK back and have Richie on the other side. Or why can't you do it where, like, because uh, Glenn can come out and play a couple of Here songs, and there, right? he can do, like, the encores. So why don't you just, for the encores, have KK... I mean, if you really want to do it that way that and, would make, be special. and make everybody happy, the fans of the new band, you yeah. know, the, I guess I, you can't call them the new band because it's been this way forever now, right. but the current lineup, fans of the current lineup, and then adding the encore, you get KK and Glenn. See, and that's along the lines of what I'm thinking is have invite everybody. And that's a good way to keep KK from pulling some right. shit like that. <laughs> but also also have Les Binks come on tour, play a couple of songs. Yeah, why Scott not? Travis gets a break. He comes up and he plays a couple songs from Stained Class. Yeah. And also Rob Halford said in an interview recently, somebody asked him, they're like, well, would you ever consider doing any of the Ripper era stuff? And he's like, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Why not bring Ripper out? Like make a 50th anniversary tour or a real 50th anniversary tour and invite everyone. Yeah, let Ripper come out and do like two songs. Yeah. I mean, it'd be fun. And I, I mean... I hate to say this, but I, I don't think they'd have to pay those guys that much to do it either. No, but it would sure make it a pretty awesome event. Oh, and yeah. And you know Judas Priest is all about giving it. Yeah. Giving it the way the people want I would want probably it. see multiple dates if that was that was the way it was. That would be super badass. Yeah. Oh, man. So cool. Have everybody that is around that was involved. But isn't that the same thing we said about Kiss? Well, yeah. You know? Because we're nerdy fans. It's the perfect way to do it, no matter who you are. Yeah. If you're really, truly going out on some kind of significant tour, whether it be an anniversary or a farewell, do it right. And I'm not even... Especially if you've been around forever. Yeah. You know, like a lot of these bands have, where you can bring out just, oh, wait, except for Iron Maiden. Why? No Blaze Bailey. Oh, yeah, no, that doesn't need to happen. Bring back Paul Deano if you can. That would be cool. But I mean, but I, I'm not even that crazy about the Ripper era. Like, I mean, I like no, but Jugulator's okay. Demolition's awful, but, um, but for historical, but it would be cool to have. And I'm sure there's two good songs yeah. out of that. Those couple Cathedral of Spires is a great song. Yeah, but just to represent it, because it's like, well, Rob's saying I wouldn't mind singing. I'm like, just fucking bring Ripper out for a couple of songs. Yeah, give Rob's voice a break. That'd be cool. I think it'd be great to have the people from every era. Of the band. hell, bring um the first singer. Bring is Al Atkins still alive? I don't even know if he's still alive. I have to look. But he never really recorded no songs with Priest. No, but he, he wrote Victim Priest. of Changes. And he wrote a few of the early songs that they wound up recording. Well, you don't clamor to bring Vinnie Ponce out on stage. Why not? <laughs> he can perform Cadillac Dreams. <laughs> yeah, bring them all up. Bob Kulik can Everybody. bring his Grammy out. Yeah. yeah. And yet again, we found a way to steer it to Kiss. Always, um, it always comes back to it. But yeah, that, that's that's pretty much all I've got for this week. What about you? 
that's it for me too, man. Hopefully everybody out there stays safe and healthy and happy. And like I said, especially with Neil Peart, it's always a reminder when we lose one of the greats is to cherish what we have. Yeah. The great return of rock and metal may be right on the horizon, but we still got to do our part to give it the push. So any band we talked about today, any band we've ever talked about or played or whatever, talked about, featured on the show, we want you to support them. Get yeah. out there, support the artists while we can because they're not going to be around forever. Care if we play some uh, Rush on the way out? No, I prefer it. Okay, how about we do a headlong flight off Clockwork Angels? Sounds good to me. All right, rest in peace, Neil Pert. Have a great week, guys. See you.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.